Welcome to this bonus edition of the Everyday Discernment Podcast. I wanted to use this time in between seasons to release some bonus content, as well as remind you there are 51 episodes in season one and some great content with some awesome guests. And I highly doubt anyone but my wife listened to every single episode, but if you did, let me know. So there's some catching up to do, I'm sure, for a lot of you, including my last episode, which was with Eric Johnson, had a great episode talking about Mormonism. And for season two, it will be power packed. I'm not quite ready to release the theme of season two as well as my first guest, but that will be coming soon. So be on the lookout for that. There will be links in the show notes also to the YouTube version of this, which I did and released, and also the article that I'm referencing as well. I would love to hear your thoughts and comments on this content for the bonus episode, as a lot of this was discovery for me as I researched a lot of these terms, which I'll be discussing with you. So here we go. What in the world is an exvangelical? So recently in the news, Kevin Max came out with a statement that made headlines. Now, I normally don't do these types of videos where I respond to people's statements or articles, and I've done a couple of them where people came out as atheists after being Christian, but that's usually not the type of content I deliver. But I still think this particular one is important as we talk about discernment on this channel. And this particular article uh, is something that I didn't even pay attention to at first. And so through my discovery of what some topics in this article meant, uh, and it was on Christianity Today where I'm going to read a lot of this and uh, a couple other articles too, uh, where I really started to dive into the meanings behind some of these words that they used and found out for myself what they meant. And so I wanted to share that with you today. So Kevin Max, one of the artists on DC Talk, which was huge if you grew up in the 90s, one of the top bands, my personal favorite in the 90s, and even today I still listen to their songs, and Kevin Max was one of the three on there. He's He was also a singer on Audio Adrenaline later on, and he still is releasing music today. So he came out and said that, he actually tweeted this, uh, hello, I'm Kevin Max, and I'm an ex-vangelical. And looking at that as like, okay, he's not an evangelical anymore. What does that mean? Well, to define the term ex-evangelical, we need to know what evangelical means. And so here's the definition. An evangelical is of relating to or being in agreement with the Christian gospel, especially as it is presented in the four gospels, or a Protestant, or emphasizing salvation by faith in the atoning death of Jesus Christ through personal conviction, the authority of scripture, and the importance of preaching a as contrasted with ritual. So that's what an evangelical is. So when you say ex-evangelical, you're basically saying not that. Now, when I first saw this article, I thought, okay, he's not an evangelical anymore. He even said that he still uh, accepts Jesus. And so I thought, well, okay, we're Christian. I don't go up to people and say, I'm an evangelical. (laughs) You know, when people ask me, evangelical is not a denomination. Uh, And and so I'm personally non-denominational. And so when I say I'm a spirit-filled Bible-believing Christian, when people ask me, And so uh, I wasn't too thrown back by what this means. It's different than other people that come out and say that they are no longer Christian, that they are an atheist. And that's a pretty big jump from going from someone who believes in Jesus, believes in God, to now being an atheist, saying that there is no God. So someone commented on his post and said that, so you no longer believe in Jesus. And he said, nope, I didn't say that. Read it carefully. And he clarified that he follows the universal Christ. Okay, so 
right there, I didn't know what in the world that means. You know, Jesus Christ universal, meaning not a, not a denomination, Jesus for everybody. I mean, okay, that sounds okay, but what does that actually mean? And he said, it's okay, I'm sorry if I'm being obtuse or difficult, but it's a process, love. That's what he said in one of his new song lyrics. Uh, he's in a, a band, I guess, called Astronauts Sad. So that's his new band. He has a new song. And it, it, this, the song goes through all these lyrics of hopeless baggage. The sun never set, shines in the same place twice with the trusted vice, but you will change when you cave to the universal Christ. And it's okay for you to lose the shame from all church's abuse. And it's okay for them to see you don't believe in man's inerrancy. I know the sun, it never shines in the, in the place you hide. I know you think it's better shrouded in secrets and lies, but you'll change when you embrace the glowing universal Christ. So those are the lyrics in uh, one of his new songs. So that led me down this trail to, uh, okay, so what is, first of all, exvangelical, because it's a more recent term that's been coined. What does it mean to have a universal Christ? And what is deconstructionism, which is another term that came up in the article. So this is based on my research. And th these are topics I'm not super familiar with, but this is based on my research on the internet. I would love to hear your comments on this if you know more about this topic or if there's a different part of this that I missed. So feel free to leave me a comment. I'm always open to you uh, discerning what I am saying as well and make sure it lines up with the Bible and that I'm what I'm saying is accurate. So what is the universal Christ? So these are some things that I pulled up off the internet for what the universal Christ is. So pay careful attention. So Christ is the name for the transcendent within everything in the universe. Christ is a name for the immense spaciousness of all true love. Christ is another name for everything in its fullness. And then there was a question on, on this topic. What if every human being is anointed, anointed, messiahed, Christ? And then there's something they call the universal resurrection. They say that Christ is more than Jesus's last name. Jesus is a person whose example we can follow. Christ is a cosmic life principle in which all beings participate. The incarnation is an ongoing revelation of Christ, uniting matter and spirit, operating as one and everywhere. Together, Jesus and Christ show us the way, the truth, and the life of death and resurrection. Wow. So there's a lot to unpack here. And when we look at what the universal Christ is, it sounds like a lot of other things. It sounds a lot like new age to me. It sounds like universalism. It sounds almost like secular humanism. It sounds like a lot of different things. It does not sound like the Jesus Christ of the Bible. And from the way I read this, it sounds like Jesus is a way. He is a prophet. He is someone who kind of showed us how to be godlike. If we follow his example, we too can be gods. The same lie that uh, Satan told us, uh, told Adam and Eve in the garden is now coming through in this term, according to the way I interpret it. Now, there's a growing number of dem demographics of people that are called nuns meaning they leave the church and hold no religious affiliation, and they're also known as exvangelicals. These people are leaving the church at a growing number of rate because of different reasons, and deconstructing one's faith 
in leaving the church means that you are exposing internal assumptions and contradictions that subvert its apparent significance. So deconstructionism uh, might sound good. While I'm deconstructing my faith, I'm going to see what's true and get rid of the falsehoods. But most of the time what happens is you're deconstructing your faith. You're breaking it down. You're getting rid of all the assumptions and things that you've learned and throwing it out and leaving the religion. That's usually what happens with deconstruction. Kevin Max also said, I've, be, I've been deconstructing for decades. I've always been progressing, as you can say, and then sometimes I regress. But I think where I'm at right now is I've really gone on a journey to find out what I truly believe in by reading a lot, thinking a lot, keeping my eyes and ears open. He said he's always been a believer, questioning a lot of things, but I've got more questions than answers. Okay, a couple things. And I've always talked about discernment. We have to know what we believe and have an answer for the hope that lies within us, the Bible says. And so I, we should never take something on blind faith. We always have faith in something as Christians. We have the faith in that the Bible is what it says it is, that God is who he says he is. The Bible is the inerrant word of God, the foundation for which we have our faith. So it's not a blind faith, but we're never going to know everything. And so that's why we're always learning, always growing. And we should never get to a point where we think we know it all because we never will because we are not God. And so I understand the point of, you know, progressing in your faith and learning new things, getting rid of old things and finding truth. Okay, and, and we have to agree that truth is absolute. There's no such thing as your personal truth and my personal truth. That is a load of garbage. And a lot of this sounds like progressive Christianity. A lot of progressive Christianity talks about uh, not the inerrancy of the Bible for sure. And it tries to catch on to these these uh, hot button topics in culture and try to pave a way for a new type of Christianity, which is actually not new. Progressive Christianity is not new at all. You go back to the 60s and even the 1800s, there's articles from Charles Spurgeon and other people who talk about this movement of people trying to get rid of the inerrancy of the Bible. And you see that a lot. I see that a lot on social media where people say, oh, that's just written by men. It's not relevant for today. It's not the foundation of the faith. Like it has always been in Orthodox Christianity for hundreds and thousands of years now. And so Kevin Max also said, Jesus, I love you, but your followers freak me out. There's a totalitarian fear that's constant, in my opinion, in a lot of evangelical churches that have made, made people regress over time. I feel like anybody out there going through it should just embrace it. If they're a believer, they should have these deep conversations with the God they believe in and really struggle with it. Talk to him about it. Okay, there's obviously, and I don't know Kevin Max's story, this is not necessarily just about him, but there's obviously been some church hurt in his life, like there has been for a lot of people, including myself. I even wrote an eight-day journal uh, devotional about this called Hurt by Christians. What do we do to get past the pain of people that don't look like Jesus? And unfortunately, what happens is when we're hurt by other Christians, we just leave the church. A lot of people do. They leave the church altogether saying, God, I, I, I think I love you, but there's, there's people that don't look like you that don't have the love of Christ. And that is a real topic of discussion. That's a real concern among churches is what do we do when we shun people away from the church instead of bringing them in and sharing them truth with love? 
And so I totally get that. That's a that's a legitimate thing in the church is to say, you know, sometimes people don't even go to an organized church or a building. They just want to love God, do 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 God on their own terms, read the Bible on their in their own way and just kind of go about life. And we know as Christians that we're called to not neglect the assembly of believers. And there is a lot of benefits in in coming together in corporate worship, in having someone to, di- to discipline you and to disciple you and to have a pastor and a mentor and to also be a light to others in serving the church. And there's a lot of benefits to it, but it can also be a, a, a downfall for a lot of people that get hurt by the church. And so I totally get what he's saying. But he also goes on to say, I believe in a God of the universe and I believe that he can hear me. Okay. I'm with you so far. And that in itself is just plain kind of crazy. Sure. But I believe that. Then I truly want to believe that he cares about my progression and asking questions and wanting to know what's real and isn't real. Absolutely. That's discernment. We should be able to talk to God. We should be able to have these challenges to wrestle with God as Jacob wrestled with God to say, God, I don't understand this. Help me understand this. You know, maybe getting rid of something that isn't biblical that we've believed and to always have this constant contact with God who is supposed to be, you know, he is by our side. If we, if we, if we take him with us throughout the day, if we have the Holy Spirit in us, he is always with us. And so we can always talk to him. And so he wants to know what's real and isn't real. I don't think that he says, I don't think the God that I believe in is going to all of a sudden ignore me because I don't believe every single thing that's written down somewhere. Okay, so I don't think God's going to ignore me because I don't believe every single thing that's written down somewhere. Okay, this is a a, a direct attack on the Bible. Written down somewhere, right? We... These things are written down in different manuscripts, but who's to know what to say is inspired by the word of God. Okay. There's a whole, uh, another topic we can do on, on the inspiration of, of the Bible and, and, uh, the, the, the legitimacy of the Bible over the course of history and over the manuscript evidence we have. But bigger issue here is that yes, God will not reject you per se, if you have questions, but for you to ignore something that he's given us as the Bible, as the infallible word of God that is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, if you neglect that, you're doing yourself a disservice. And this is exactly what progressive Christianity does, is they pick and choose according to their itching ears, which Timothy, the book of Timothy warns us about, that in the last days there will come people that are, have itching ears and seek out teachers who only teach what they want to hear. And that's the danger of rejecting the Bible. Because if you reject the Bible, then it just becomes a good book that you try to model parts of it according to your life, but you reject the parts that uh, you don't like or that convict you in your lifestyle and that you uh, don't want, don't think is relevant for today based on the other people you've heard. And granted, there's always going to be somebody to tell you <laughs> that what you believe is true. Right? There just always will be. That's why we have to have discernment about what we believe and also who's teaching us. And, and so when you when you reject the Bible, and I've heard people on, on TikTok talk about this, progressive pa- pastors that that say things like, well, yeah, Jesus, we're able to learn this from Jesus. But when you, when you bring up something else that is against their lifestyle or what they're saying, they say, well, who can know if that's really what we're supposed to do today? That's not relevant for today. And so who's to say that what the Bible says is true at all, if it's not true, even 
in the how we take it. We have to take it. It's all or nothing is what I'm trying to say. The Bible is all or nothing. You cannot just pick out the pieces that you don't like. You can't sugarcoat the Bible to make it more palatable for your taste. And so that is where we're at, unfortunately, as a society, is you have a lot of people who still claim the name of Christianity, but reject everything that Jesus taught. If you're going to be a Christian, which means a Christ follower, you have to follow the Christ of the Bible, which says, follow me down the narrow road, reject the sin in your life and follow me, take up your cross. Those who want to live a godly life will be persecuted, right? This is the call we have as Christians not to live in appeasement to our sin, but to reject that sin and follow Jesus. Take up the cross as he took up the cross. Okay, this is what we're, we're losing as a culture, is this idea of holiness, of repentance. It, it, it becomes just, I said the sinner's prayer, now I can act however I want and Jesus will just accept me. No, that's not the Bible I read. And that's not the Bible they're reading either. They just choose to not pick out the parts that they don't like. So what does the Bible say? 1 Corinthians 18 says, Those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If our hope in Christ is for this life alone, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Okay, and this goes back to the universal Christ and his resurrection was not a bodily resurrection, but it was more of a, a symbolism for our resurrection as people. Okay, garbage heresy. Okay, Jesus came, died, rose again bodily. Not so we can be gods, but we can know God. And so we have this hope. And if the resurrection didn't happen, then Paul says we are to be pitied. That means that Christians died for nothing. They were martyred for nothing if the resurrection never happened. That's why you hear during Easter about the importance of the resurrection, that this is not just a holiday or something we just observe out of tradition. No, the resurrection has the power to show that Christ is who he said he was, and he has the power over death. And that we do have that hope of eternity because Christ went before us and he raised, brought, raised himself from the dead so that we now, believing in Christ, can have that hope of eternity. Friends, this is not just words that we're saying. This is, this is real. There's real stakes. And so we have to believe the Bible. We cannot reject the Bible. Hebrews 13.8 says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace and not by foods of no value to those devoted to them. So he's talking about food in this chapter, but he's also talking about strange teachings in general. And the fact that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever gives us hope that we're believing in the same Jesus that, that walked on the earth, who is God, who is alive today, that we can have a relationship with him. We have that hope that Jesus doesn't change where all of a sudden Jesus became something that people believed in differently in the past and now it's turned to a universal Jesus where we're just kumbaya and we find our own truth. No. 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test spirits and see whether they are from God for false prophets have gone out into the world. I talk about this a lot with discernment against counterfeits. Now, this whole thing started from an article that sounded 
okay, I mean, I guess that's to each their own. And, and I didn't think anything of it. And you start breaking down these terms. And these are dangerous terms for today. Deconstructionism, progressive Christianity, exvangelical, the universal Christ. I mean, these are all terms that you may have heard and didn't know what they meant. And hopefully you have a little more insight today. But we have to be able to test all things and hold fast to what is true. This is the importance of discernment to find that, to find the truth of the Bible. And not just to find your truth. Once again, I'll say it. It is not about finding your truth, which is different than my truth. Well, for you, Jesus was this, but to me, Jesus is this. No, absolutely not. This is not a secondary topic that we can debate. This is not, you know, exegetology, the gifts of the spirits, once saved, always saved. This is not things like that, that, that is across denominations. This is outside of Orthodox Christianity. And so we have to be very cautious when we use these terms or when we talk about these terms. When you talk about to someone that believes in universal Christ, you're like, oh, cool, I believe in Jesus too. Well, you're not talking about the same Jesus. Paul even said other Jesus would come and deceive many. And so going back to Kevin Max, you know, my heart is definitely uh, for him to find Jesus, the, the true Jesus of the Bible, the truth that he is rejecting. It sounds like because of church hurt, then I get that. And my message to him is to go on that journey, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to do this right away, but this, this journey you're on, I, I pray, gets you back to the foundation that you once believed in. I really do. But it is his journey to have, and we can pray for him, hopefully has people in his life speaking truth to him. But uh, we also cannot just, you know, reject him, hate him, and, and not pray for him and saying he's uh, apostate, right? His relationship with, begot with God is between him and God. The, the, all we can do is pray for him. And, and I didn't want to do this video as, as a way to uh, condemn him. But these issues are real today. There are people that are struggling with their faith. And I, I think it's because there's so many sources out there that are confusing them. And that's why I say you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. You have to. If your eyes are not on Jesus, it's on something else. Something else is trying to get your time and your attention. And so we have to keep our eyes on Jesus, friends. Grow in discernment. Know what you believe. Hold fast to the truth. And then don't be swayed by these topics that come up that make you question your faith. And so I pray this was helpful to you. And I, I would love to hear your comments on the topic. And uh, with that said, thanks for watching.